Welcome to another episode of the All Walks of Art podcast. I am Michael Worth. I'm here with my good friend, Paul Ramey. How are you, buddy? Man, I'm great. Oh, good. <laughs> we we have so much going on today. This is the last recording of the decade. Wow. Uh, and, and the end of our first year. So this is kind of a, another first. I mean, everything is a first this year, right? Because it's the first year. But we are also drinking for today's episode a Cincinnati-made beer from the folks at Rheingeist. It's called Calfe. And I guess I did say that right. Calfe. Calfe. Not cafe. Calfe. It's a coffee milk stout. I know you don't like coffee, but just give it a try. Don't like coffee. Don't like milk. Don't yeah. like stouts. This <laughs> right. should be interesting. Yeah. It's a 6% alcohol by volume, 25 international bitterness unit. Bundle of joy in a can. I'm telling you, bitterness unit. Wait, is that a real thing? It is. It is. Where did you see that? IBUs, 25. That's. Are you serious? Yeah. That's dumber than hell. You've never heard that before? No. There's bitterness units. Yeah. All right. Well, you've learned something today. Are we gonna drink this now? We are. Yeah. yeah, Pour it out. Pour it out. Just, just crack it open. And uh, while we're doing this, I want to look back at the last decade of creativity. So we're going to look at today's episode is basically just just a look back at the last 10 years. We're getting ready to go in the roaring 20s, Paul. Can you believe that? Pretty wild. I want to, you know how they always talk about, let's bring back the suits and all that stuff. Yeah. We should do that. We should do that. All right. What do you think it's, of that? That looks. It looks cool. It's it's kind of like uh, it's about like motor oil for those who can't see what. Yeah, we're you doing. can't even. I'm holding it up to the window and you literally can't see through it. Yeah, it's pretty. We're sweet. day drinking, by the way, folks. I like day drinking, and we record in the day. I made sure I poured mine in correctly, so I got a big foamy thing. You do have a lot of head. <laughs> Drink right through it. Just push right through it, buddy. Get on down there. <laughs> Oh, this this show's going south. That's not terrible. No, it's not. So, and he's talking about the alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike's pants are on. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. Pairs well with Fruit Loops or Apple Jacks. I had Apple Jacks. Well, that's why I didn't pour the whole thing in here because I figured you'd finish my can too. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got more on the floor. Well, I, I got plenty. A waste, not whatnot. That's right. So, international bitterness units. I got to bring you up on this. Because I feel like it's new to you and something you've never heard of. Uh, Budweiser, typical Bud Light, is around 10, maybe even 7 bitterness units. And how many is this? Uh, 35, right? Or 25. Yeah, it's 25. A lot of the beers I like are in the 45 to to 75 range. You know, uh, Pale Ale, India Pale Ale, uh, things like that. I actually don't hate this at all. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Can you imagine over ice cream? What, just put a dollop, make a float out of it? Put a dollop of vanilla in it? Yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be good. I don't know. Creative. I think this is a lot better than Budweiser. Budweiser tastes a lot more bitter to me. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know why it's bitter in this unit. You just probably can't perceive it because of the, uh, the, the milk stout backing. It's, it's almost got. I don't, I drank this. Yeah, really. I'm surprised. I really didn't expect it. I thought, no, he's not going to like this. Doesn't like coffee. Doesn't like stouts. It, but I don't. I don't hate this. Man, that's it is so thick, so dark. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. Now that we are uh, almost four minutes into the episode, and Paul is just really enjoying this beer, right, that well, surprises me. I want to talk. I'm full of surprises. Uh, yeah, I want to go back, and uh, 
I, I hope everyone listening uh, doesn't mind our our shenanigans when it comes to this beer. We kind of kind of dove into that a little bit quicker than usual, and uh, getting that out of the way. But I got I got to ask you, Paul. Yeah, ask me. Ask me anything. What plans do you have for the next year, the next decade, creatively? You know, just. What's on your plate? Because I know you've been working on some personal projects and some things. Jeez, I've been working on this thing for uh, forever. It's pitiful. But, yeah, I'll try and finish this solo acoustic album. Yeah. Uh, MG Flash has got some – I don't know if we'll put out another album this year, but we might put out an EP or just release some uh, digital-only stuff. We got about five new songs on the back burner, but we practice so sporadically that we haven't finished them up. But, but we got that. I'm pretty excited about about doing that, That's cool. and then uh, waiting on getting the uh, the little three song Bioscrew uh, demo together. So we're just waiting on Allison to finish her vocals on that. So I have not, I've yet to hear anything from Bioscrew. I haven't, I haven't listened to any of your music or anything. Is it, uh, there's nothing for you to listen to? That's why you haven't heard it. Oh, okay. We've recorded some stuff, but I mean, it's just not done, so we haven't. Posted yet? I see. I see. A few little finishing touches and get it mixed, and should have it posted. It's pretty raw, but I mean, it's. A, I think it'd be a good representation of what we are. So that's really what I got going on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I don't. I don't really want this to feel like an interview with you too, just because I mean we're we've been doing this for so long that um, this is more casual conversation for the most part. And I think right. everybody listening knows that. But uh, do you remember what you were doing 10 years ago? 10 years ago? Creatively, of course. You know, wow, trying, that's trying a good to, question. Um, I cheated a little bit. I looked at Flickr because, you know, Flickr was around. I had to see what I was doing. So right. I know what you were doing 10 years ago. <laughs> well, I was probably doing – I was probably working on the Grimstone album. It's been seven or yep. eight years, yep. I think. So yep. That was actually – that's how we met. Um, was through, I did photography uh, a lot then. And you guys played in uh, the spring of 2010 at an old place used to be called the Adena Theater in Chillicothe. It was a movie theater, um, corner of paint. And, is it fourth right there? Oh, the backstage. Yeah. Yeah. It became the backstage later gotcha. on. It was a little bar, kind of like the Newport Music Hall in Columbus, but small. Um, and uh, yeah, I showed up there to take pictures. I think I was doing something with Curse Icon. I think they were there. Yeah, and Cellbound. Yeah, so it was Cellbound CD release. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I don't think I knew any of you guys yet. It was more like, hey, I'm going to get oh. a hold of the guys in Curse Icon, which were from Columbus, right? And and doing some stuff with them and, what and all was that. Her name? So. What's her name? We're friends on Facebook. She's awesome. Yeah, she is. Um, damn. Since the, since the rack man, I can't. Yeah, I haven't. She's got kind of a different name. If I'm yeah. Right. She's awesome. Yeah. She's a cool person. I feel bad that I can't remember her name either. I it's, know. It's it. on I the can tip see her my face. tongue. I'm, I can't do. I just looked at a photo we, of her just the other to, day. Yeah. We used to uh, start with a K. Chris. Chris uh, yeah. Kiana. Kiana. That's it. Yep. Dang. Sorry, Kiana, if you're listening. I well, you I got an excuse. I, I don't I don't remember names. I'm stupid. So, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm really lucky to remember anything from 10 years ago. Um yeah, so there was a lot of lot of for me it was a lot of photography. It was it was really going on in that sort of thing. I did uh I began the decade shooting uh 
you guys and then uh wow thinking about it that was the first mayhem fest year that i photographed uh megadeth <laughs> was one of the headliners on that one uh no no they weren't that was five finger death punch and corn back when five finger was awesome yeah wow so yeah i mean for me it's it's all been photography really um Leading up to what it is today, I mean, I the D three hundred was kind of my my camera then. I just came out of using the D seventy S, which I know a lot of people listening are probably thinking, "Geez, that's that's a shit camera." And it was it was a it was a shit camera. But I remember I bought the body for about a twelve hundred dollars. I think it was maybe fifteen hundred, which was just insane at the time because I was coming out of film. Uh, I had a Nikon film camera that I was really happy with using and um, all that. Uh, and I probably had that camera for five years. Did a couple weddings with it. Um, bands, stuff like that. But, you know, the music was behind me. I really wasn't playing much music then. Um, I think we might have got together a couple times. In the last decade, yeah, <laughs> goofed off, but I I don't know. I there's uh, plans for me. I just don't know what I've got going on. Um, I love this podcast. I love doing it. I love I love the technical side of it. This kind of scratches an itch for me because not playing music. Uh, this brings in a little bit of that. I don't know what word to use, but that brings in a little bit of that for me. Right. Uh, I get to play around a little bit with uh, the settings and, and all that. Though I am jonesing for a Roland V drum set. Bad. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's burning a hole in my pocket right now. I got one. Thinking I need to get it. Do you really? Old, it's a V7, I think. Oh, it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I'm trying to get it. I got it to where I can slave it into my computer yeah. and um, use like stuff from uh, Easy Drummer. Yeah. And use all the triggered stuff, but there's a lag. But if you run the if you run the V seven out to the PA, there is no lag. So you listen to the sounds that it's got in it and you slave it into the computer, but I don't have it where I can I need to get another laptop and I have a little bit of technical limitations with, with my brain. So yeah. once I get it there, that's that was the whole plan on on get I traded a guitar uh and some stuff for it for this kit just for that. But That's interesting. I'm not set up the way I want to yet, but I'm hoping to next year. There's a, I got a couple other like little side things kind of brewing in my head I'd like to do. But does it have a USB out? Yeah. Do you know how many tracks it can record at once? What? The, the brain from that, that, that uh, rolling drum set. I don't know. The brain, the brain just sends it all out. It don't record anything. Right. Um, the reason I ask, I, the the new TK50 or TD50, yeah. I don't remember what they call it. I want to say it does 10 tracks. It'll, it'll actually send oh. 10, se 10 separate tracks I out gotcha. at once. And I, I, think, just, I think mine just sends two out in stereo. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I right. got a MIDI to USB converter because that 7, I think, it doesn't have – it's – predates usb so i can't go straight into oh yeah you know yeah probably it's, so it's pretty cool though huh you yeah, think I, about these projects that you did 10 years ago and i mean it's you know 
I really haven't had time to think about this because you usually <laughs> spring these questions on me yeah. about what we're talking about. But I'm just kind of interested in not just me, but what our listeners, you know, looking back on, on what you were doing 10 years ago and, and how consumed you were by it and then how how much things have changed and oh, yeah. how much past past that point you are now and you look back and you think – I don't know. It's just weird how you can be all consumed by a project or uh, something that you're doing. And then now you're doing something totally different. And it's just, it's interesting how it is, how life works. So I was thinking that very thing before you got here. Cause I was thinking to myself, well, maybe I could talk about D 300, the D 300 Nikon camera I was using and how I just, I had to have that camera. You know, it's like, oh, that would make my life so much easier. It was 12 megapixels. It did this. It did that. Right. You know, and it's it's so – technology has grown so much in cameras that none of that really even matters today, that that old stuff. But does it really? Because I was thinking about this thing you know, when you brought that up and you talked about that camera being kind of a crap, crappy camera now. It's like you think of of – some of the most iconic photos that, that you can oh, yeah. remember. What's, what is the most iconic photo? Like just putting you on the spot, you think of an iconic photo. What is it? There's two. There's actually two. All right. And they really stick out at me. And uh, one was the lead singer for Diamante. I can't think of her first name, but it's Diamante. Uh, they were, she, was, she had just come off tour with White Snake. She was an opening act for White Snake. And it was all female band, um, really cool set. Uh, they kind of had this uh, cliche type song list, right? You know, uh, I don't remember all the songs, but like Dirty Blonde and stuff, stuff like that. And um, she had a song called "There's a Party in My Pants" and "You're All Invited" or something. Wow. <laughs> I mean, she's Sounds just like my ex girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, like I say, very. Very cliche eighties. Right. But um they were they were all young young women. They weren't like, you know, in their forties. And what era is this? This was I took these photos probably You took this photo. Yeah, yeah. This is an iconic photo you took. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about me. I, I'm saying just right. in general, but this that's this is interesting um, too. So But yeah, I, I took a photo of her uh in the lights. Uh it was just a wide angle shot. I, I, I shot on my D600, actually, uh, which was the next – it was a full-frame camera I purchased after the D300. Right. And uh, I was at a place in Dayton, Bogarts. We were shooting there. Uh, Hinder, hmm. Hinder was the headliner for that show. Um, but it her hair's in her face, right? It's just blocking everything. She's got the microphone. She's, like, really commanding the stage. Very epic. You'll have to send this blue, to me. I want to see it. Blue and uh, red lighting, lots of fog. Right. You know, it's just really good. And then a similar photo with Dave Mustaine. And he has his uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, maybe not. I have to look at the guitar again. It's the blue one. Yeah. I I know the photo you're talking about there. Um, really. He was playing Dean, so we're all. Yeah, yeah, color. yeah. Yeah. Really epic photo of that one, too. I really love that photo of Dave. Um, both of those really kind of, those are my iconic live performance photos. I mean, don't get me wrong. I There's some Godsmack photos in there, too, and some other other bands, uh, Motley Crue. I would have liked 
honestly, I would have liked to have shot Motley Crue from the pit, but they requested that we shoot from the soundboard. It was a last minute decision to make everybody shoot there and only two songs too. It just mm. kind of sucked. I don't know if Tommy Lee was having a bad day, just decided to make everybody do something different. But, uh, you know, I always wow. blame everything on the drummer. They're assholes. Well, when, you're, when you're hung like that, you can do whatever you want. Right. Did well, he hang himself? But, no. but what, I'm, what I'm talking about is if, if you were, if you, were put, you know, bearing a time capsule mm-hmm. and, and you were, you were going to pick a, a, a photograph from history, yeah. you know, that was iconic and that this is a— From the this, last decade. Well, from any time. Oh, no, okay. No, right. Not the wow. last decade at all. Ooh. So, and you were going to put a couple photos in there. What photos would it be? The Afghan girl that was on the cover of uh, National Geographic yeah. would be one. Um, that one's just really striking to me. It's not, technically, it's not a, a crazy. A little rat dog just ran by the window. A little rat dog? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Crap. I hope my dog doesn't get out, get a hold of that one. Yeah. Anyway. Afghan girl. Um, I don't. I don't know though. I mean, it's uh, the. This is really tough because there are so many photos. So you think about like for me. I mean, the, the one that pops in my head immediately is the the one of the uh, sailor and the woman. Um, oh, from, coming home from yeah World War Two. Yeah, and, that, yeah, that's yeah. one. And then uh, like the Tiananmen Square. Uh, mm-hmm. So. You talked about your your crappy camera, and you think you don't. When you see those pictures, you don't think about how dated the technology was. You just think of that picture. Well, that's a good point. But let me bring this up. Film had such a there was a mechanical quality to thirty five millimeter film, and even even large format, medium format film cameras. They just worked. You know what I mean? Right. We we knew how they worked. The technology was there. It made sense. There wasn't really advancements electronically. Like, I think the last decade we went through, in, in cameras specifically, we went through a, a period of time where uh, the sensor technology wasn't there in the beginning. It was, it was crap, right. right? Nobody wanted to, nobody was going to drop their film camera and say, pfft. I'm going to go digital. That was just stupid. In fact, 10 years ago, there were still people clinging on to their film camera saying, well, professional uses film and everybody else yep. doesn't, you know, and it was kind of growing. And I never thought, honestly, a decade ago when I was really heavy into shooting bands and I was D300, D600, even coming up to my D800 Nikon uh, later in the decade, I never thought there would I, – I mean, even looking at my own camera, I never looked at it and said – you know, if somebody get this damn mirror out of the way, this would be much better. And here we are, mirrorless cameras, and they're kicking ass. I mean, it's just crazy. In fact, uh, I bought a G85 Panasonic uh, because I wanted to do more video, and my Nikon cameras just aren't good at it. They're just they're terrible. And I kept thinking, well, if I had this camera, I'd, it'd make it easier for me to do video and and my iPhone was kicking ass compared to my my Nikon's, so I figured, well, get this G eighty five. Everybody recommends it. It's a relatively inexpensive camera. It comes with a lens. You can replace the lenses. You know all the things I like to do. So I went that route because I really wanted a GH five. It was something I was jonesing for, but it was just too much money uh, for me to 
justify because I was still taking pictures more than anything else. And uh, I recently bought one, a GH5. It's two years old. Uh, I bought it. There's a, this isn't an ad for anybody, but B&H, <laughs> B&H or actually Lumix, uh, Panasonic Lumix has a, uh, a, a instant rebate right now for $700 that's good through the holidays. So anybody looking at one, you can get one $700 off, which is quite a steal. And there's some of their, some of their lenses are the same way and um, all that. But picked up a GH5 because it does so many great things. And I, and I know that five years from now, it's going to be a shit camera. You know, <laughs> something else is going to come along and we're going to go, wow. But, right, but-, but, but where I'm going with this is we didn't have that big of jumps in technology with film. So if you had a workhorse of a camera, you might have held on to it for five to 10, maybe even 15 years and used it. In fact, the Exacta that I have hanging up behind me, it was a 1953 camera that I was using in the 80s, and it was just fine. It did everything I needed it to do because the technology was in the film, not the camera. Right. You know, you, you get quality film, you're going to get quality photos. Because the technology in the camera itself really hasn't changed much, whereas today you're you're just technology so fast, you know. But does it? But does it really matter? I realize that we're not talking about necessarily the last ten years, but there has been a lot of, you know, stay on topic. I guess there has been a lot of advancement in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. But but any of those photos that we talked about, would they have? Would they have really been better photos had they been no, taken with these? No, the gear. I don't think the gear matters in that re- in that regard. Once you get above, once you get above consumer grade gear, it's about tools. Which tool does the best job? Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you'd be the first to admit a three hundred dollar guitar in the right hands is still going to be better than a five thousand dollar guitar in the wrong hands. Right. Oh yeah. You know. Totally. So. That you got that whole thing going on, and right. and you mentioned it even with your drums. There's there's a technology gap, and it's because we're. I, I think we make our technology obsolete now. Whenever whenever it's digital, there's oh crap, it's five years old. We got to get something new, right? Right. And your digital drums are probably fine, and they're probably state of the art when they came out. There was a whole lot of people going, "Wow, this is really good." Um, yeah, I know a lot of drummers. Being a drummer myself, there's there's a stigma associated with uh, electronic drums. We we a lot of us at my age still think of them as a toy, a Casio keyboard with pads, you know. And it it really no offense to anybody playing those because I love them too. I'm I'm actually before we re- hit record on this, I'm I was telling Paul I was jonesing for a a new TD fifty uh, Roland drum set. V drums, I, I I think it'd be great, but technology's come so far that we just, uh, you know, the, the way we use them to keep them, you know what I mean? I hear what you're saying, but I mean, ten years ago, maybe closer to fifteen, I remember triggers were still kind of looked down upon. Now triggers is just the standard. Oh yeah. So, I mean, John Bonham didn't need no triggers. Right, and you, you listen to these old Led Zeppelin records, and some of them they recorded drums with one mic in a, in a, <laughs> in, in, right. in, in a, in a literally a stairwell, with a you know a Les Paul, the same technology we yep. got now, yep. and here it is, you know, forty years later, whatever, we're still using that same technology. 
Uh, but now with triggers, it makes makes it easier to get everything even, makes it easier yeah. for the production, and it's the standard. Nobody looks down on it. It's like, well, you still play that live, but you know, here you triggered you you triggered some sound. That's not a mic. It, it's very hard to get a good mic'd drum sound. You yeah. that takes yeah. a lot of knowledge, but it yeah. don't take any knowledge really to to plug in a trigger to to make right. it sound good. Somebody else has already done all the hard work for you, but. I don't look at those, or if I listen to Fear Factory and and I listen to Raymond's, you know, triggered kick drums. I don't mm -hmm. think, man, that guy, that guy used triggered kick drum. No, he was playing that, and it's got a good sound. It cuts through the mix. Yeah, I mean, that guy's a monster. So, and most of the projects I've been involved in in the last ten years, we've used, you know, it's been live drums going in into the board and then using various different kick drum sounds and mm -hmm. mixed in with what was mic'd and uh, getting that blend of technology. But, you know, when that first come out, I, I remember, you know, people looked at that like with their nose up and thought right. that was some kind of cheating, but it, yeah, it's starting to it's, grow on people. I, I, I really think the next 10 years, I think we're going to see, I'm trying to give a little bit of a prediction here. I think with cameras yeah. and music gear, I think we're going to see more of a, just a, a getting we're we're going to get away from the uh, the limitations that we always had. You know, everybody's got a project studio now. You you can go into your basement, a spare bedroom, and I mean, even with this podcast, this would have been really hard to do right. fifteen years ago. I mean, really, right? Because you would one, you wouldn't be able to broadcast it easily. It just would be really hard. It would be, how do I convert this to digital, get it on the internet for people to watch it or listen to it, whatever. You know, yeah, we had we had YouTube. We could have probably done it that way. But th there's just, things are just easier, you know, and I think they're going to continue to get that way. At some point, though, I feel like we might be creating lazy, creative people. We don't. Uh, let me bring this full circle with, with painting. I do a lot of uh, oil painting and it's a very traditional medium. It's been around for hundreds of years. Uh, nothing digital about it, obviously, <laughs> but with the advent of the Wacom Cintiq tablet, uh, the Wacom Intuos tablets, uh, computers, uh, even the iPad with uh, an app called Procreate, you, you can literally go in there and simulate brushes and charcoal and graphite pencils and and really get in there and and do things with a high level of um, feel. You know, it, lots of levels of pressure sensitivity. Uh, just it it's almost real. I mean, it really is. It's getting there. It looks real. The end product looks real. And it's just, it's not any easier to draw a picture or paint a picture. It's just, there's no cleanup. There's no harmful fumes. There's there's no material costs. You just go in there and you do it and you're done. And if you make a mistake, you can undo back it. out of it. Yeah, you just hit the undo button and you do it again. Um, I think commitment's a big part of art. It is. And that, that takes is. commitment out of it because when you're, if you're painting a painting or if you're in the studio, if you're in the studio and you're paying for it, you've only got so many times you can try something. So you have to, yeah. you have to, yeah, if you're in your home studio, 
you can go as long as you want. I think that's part of uh, what's taken me so long with this, with with my solo stuff. It's like I got all the time in the world, therefore I have no time at all to commit yeah. to it. And I think when yeah. you're painting a painting, you know that if you're using, if 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 you're going to use this certain color or and you're going to use just this amount of pressure you have to use your years of experience to to do that there's a there's a conviction and a commitment that that you're making to that that yeah that being able to do this stuff on computer will never give you yeah if that makes any sense it does i don't want to i don't want to I don't want to come down on computers either. I, I don't. No, I think it's great, and I think it's. And I've said this a million times, and I've been I've been in arguments on the internet recently with with uh, my old bass player Chris about mm. uh, technology and how uh, you know people doing electronic music and how it's not you know some people don't consider it valid, but I think that that there's validity in in anything if it's done. If it's done right, and there's people that do electronic music or, and that do dubstep that are actually musicians, and they're using mm-hmm. the technology in a musical way. And of course, there's other ones that are using it and are quote unquote cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that there will be people that use this new paint simulation technology and mm-hmm. make amazing things. Oh and, yeah! And just like we've said a million times on this podcast, I mean, the cream will rise to the top. Right. And people that's doing it artistic, it's just like. You know, if you go and you you talk to photographers from 50 years ago, and they look at these cameras and stuff, it's like, well, you know, I had to, I had to make sure the light was just right, and I had to make sure the exposure was this and that. Now you got little computers inside all these cameras that yeah. do all that for you. Yeah, you still got to go out and you still got to get the shot, and that's what that's the difference between an amateur and a professional. True, and I, I just don't think we we can. We shouldn't be afraid of the advancements in the technology because it's never going to replace the. Yeah, it's. It makes it more accessible to some people, and it makes it makes it makes more artists. I guess it closes the gap. I guess sometimes between it, yeah. between those things, but I, I just don't think. Uh, I don't think we can be afraid of it. Yeah, it's I. I like to think of it as a new tool. You know when. Somewhere along the line, someone developed a calculator, and it made it easier for people to do math. That was a tool. Right. It was technology. I remember when we were in school in the 1970s, it was like, you're never, you're, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket. You need to learn how to do this on paper. Oh, I was in school in the 80s, not in the 70s. But, <laughs> but yeah, but now yeah, we, all, we, we, all we all have, have a calculator, calculator yeah. in our pockets. Yeah, We got more computing power in our pockets than what they used to get to the moon. That's you know? crazy, isn't it? It is. It is. And we use it Even for cat videos show. and the argue politics on the internet. It's yeah. amazing. So I don't know. I think it's a good thing. But looking back at this day in history, now we're recording this uh, on Sunday. And right. most people are going to be listening to this on Thursday. So I decided I was going to look at this day in history, the 19th, for the people who are actually listening to the show. Now, the patrons, obviously, they're going to listen to it earlier. So... Uh, disregard that if you're a patron. Uh, spit it out, Mike. Number one, I'm really happy you're a patron. I'm going to spit it out. All right. So on this day in history, in 1843, a Christmas Carol was published. That's further out than ten years ago. It is, but I, you know, it's Charles Dickens. You know, for crying out loud. Um, really, really got into that. And do you think he wrote that on? A, what year was it? 1843. So did he write that on? They didn't have a typewriter then. Did I think they? he had an iPad. 
<laughs> no, seriously. What what do you think people were like, Charles, you're gonna use that pen to write that right. novel? Are you kidding me? Right. Can you imagine the the uh, when the when pens advance? I'm sure there was right, guys right. who are like, well, I don't yeah. I don't write this. I use Go this kill one. a crow. Yeah. Get, <laughs> right. You know that happened. Right. Oh yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Charles, you're you're using a steel nib pen again? <laughs> that steals the devil. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. What else happened? Um actually I, I started. What happened ten years it. ago? I thought that's what oh, we were talking I was about. going I was going to do that, but I you know, this day in history just doesn't really <sighs> Was it 1999? I think was I that clicked. 10 years ago? No, I, it was 20 years ago. When was, what day is it? <laughs> it's 20 years ago. You sound like one of the Grateful Dead. <laughs> I don't know where we're at now. I know. Can you uh, can you imagine touring like that that long? You oh, wouldn't know where you're uh, at. Uh, 1998, was. President Clinton was impeached on this day. I'll be damned. Yeah. Um, that whole Lewinsky thing and, you know, for crying out loud, you know, have you seen Hillary? <laughs> That ain't nice. That's not nice. She's she's a grandma. Yeah, me. I don't. I don't even care. I, I'm I'm funny. apolitical. I don't care which side of the you know place you're on. But uh, 1984, Britain agrees to return Hong Kong to China. Wow. Yeah. I was ten. Uh, 1917, for all you hockey fans, National League, National Hockey League opens its first season. 1917. And uh, this is for all of us old folks, all the Gen Xers who can look at, you know, when, when these kids are on the Internet saying, OK, boomer, you know, or, <laughs> or you know, millennial this, millennial that. Uh, all of us Xers can look back and say the years that we were born in on December 19th, 1972, the last lunar landing mission ends. Wow. Yeah, we were done. We were done. At, why? Why do we stop that? Well, what's the point? What do we need to be up there for? I'd like to go up there and plan air paint the uh, the earth. Man, that'd be cool. That would be. It'd be the first artist to ever paint Man, plain you, air. Why don't you call your buddy Elon Musk and make it happen? He might let me do it. We haven't talked in a week. That whole truck thing really got me upset. <laughs> I actually drew trucks like being an artist. I wish I could. I got I one just, somewhere. Yeah, I got one somewhere. But that that's looks ex- just like it. No, I'm not joking. <laughs> okay. I'm not joking. That is exactly how I used to, because I, I can't draw a straight line. And I always used to use rulers, and I make them, and I mean, it looks yeah. fucking identical to that. So I'm going to sue the piss out of it. I think, I think, yeah, there's probably something there. I'd buy one. I think it looks cool. Oh, yeah. Would you get the new Mac Pro or the, <laughs> have you seen that meme yet? No. Isn't it funny how everything in world it, today is, this meme, that meme, that 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 chick yelling at the damn cat. The you know, it's because of the t- attention spans. You can look at that and you can get something out of it in three seconds. Oh yeah, people people are up and have you heard about the new Mac Pro? No, this is good for creatives to hear too. All right, tell the, us the new Mac Pro. Uh, I want to say it starts out six thousand dollars for for the computer. Right now, I know I know. I use an IBM. There's people like what the fuck? You know, I get it. It that's a lot of money. But you know you can get a completely decked out version for like fifty two thousand. Fifty two thousand. Yeah. Fifty two thousand dollars. Oh yeah. I wonder if I can finance that thirty years <laughs> on a new Apple card. Thirty <laughs> percent interest. What the hell? Would, that's a lot of money. 
It is. It doesn't come with a probably don't keyboard, come with a, no mouse, yeah. no uh, no monitor, no the monitor stand is a thousand dollars. What? That's what? a little bit ridiculous. What kind there. of world we live in here? I don't. I don't. They know. just know they can. But I. Well, no. Yes and no. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I got to go here with this because right. the specs on it are just insane. Yeah. And I'm sure they I are. mean, they really are. It's like, why wow, you would, I'd be able to use that for, I don't know, three weeks before it's obsolete. <laughs> but um, it, it's just solid state drives, fast, like 32 cores, you know, I'm a, I'm geeking out over it. Now, now the, uh, the PC guys. Right, they're going to jump on this and go. Well, yeah, I could build this for that. And this, blah blah blah. I could build it. Yeah. A friend of mine on the internet, Twitter, he jumps out and he looks up an HP. He custom built an HP PC, ninety two thousand dollars with very similar <laughs> specs to the same thing. So I mean, it's just it's the world we live in, you know. I don't need nothing that fast. Well, if you didn't need a car. I mean, look at your car. Your car's fucking badass. It is. <laughs> but if you didn't need a car, could would you? If you made your living on your computer, would you do that? Like I don't. That just seems like kind of kind of a big jump. It depends on what you. I mean, I have never been. I I upgrade my computer about every ten years, and that's. <laughs> it's not You're that. an old fart. That's why. If it if <laughs> if my recording software works on it, then I'll use it. I'm about ready yeah. to upgrade again because. Uh, it's not working like it's supposed to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Be I'm easy still using Windows 7 on my Are computer. you serious? Mm-hmm. Wow. I prefer XP. I wish we could just go back to XP. I loved XP. I don't even know what any of that means. The old operating system. I, I, get Windows. On, I get on my computer at work and it's like, what is this? Is this like... I don't understand. Oh, you and your you're I, Apple fanboys. I just can't, <laughs> I can't stand you. I can't stand you. Must be the Apple thing. But you guys, <laughs> they're very nice. They're very they are, nice. They I get it. But Continental Army enters winter camp <laughs> at Valley Forge in 1777. Can you believe that? Do you what? What do you think they were thinking of? I mean, there wasn't even a camper. Camp, camper. They were thinking. I wish someone there would invent a, memes. <laughs> Because we're bored as hell waiting on the red coats. <laughs> Freezing our ass. Yeah, they probably had a two, two by land, two if by land, one if by sea meme. It's going to be two, I tell you. No, but you think you think about that and you think about the, the they couldn't even fathom the kind of technology and the kind of life that we're living now. Yeah. Makes you wonder in 200 years, how different is it going to be? Than it is right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Stuff we thinking, haven't even thinking about of. film, and and I know we're jumping all over the place on this, yeah. but I think it's really important. You brought up an interesting, interesting concept. What are we going to do in a hundred years, right? Or whatever it is you said. <laughs> How many of those have you had? You need to drink this. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh wow, there is a lot in there. Yeah. Um. I I got the headphones off, so I feel like I'm normal again. This is the first episode I've ever just decided. That's how I always do it. I, just, I, I we're just, in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But you think, think about this. So 10, was even 10 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, probably more likely, but Wi-Fi wasn't, it, it, 
it's like now you can't live without Wi-Fi. You have to have Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's like you cannot live without that. Yeah. Do you get pissed off when it goes down? Yeah, mine don't go down that much. Though. I, I, it goes down all the time out here. It must be the sticks. But it went, the wind blows. Listen you know, to the wind blow. It's crazy. But <laughs> but seriously, I mean, you every oh 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 sorry every every restaurant you go to, every bar, every there's Wi-Fi and there's there's uh, phone chargers at the bar, so yeah. they want people to leave. Yeah. And there's it's making it's making us crazy. Wi-Fi in the it's in our head. Well. Man. I wonder if in 20 years they don't find out that the we frequencies is all yeah. giving us some something different than cancer. Yeah. It's some new thing. Oh, it's, yeah. All of us Gen Xers who grew up chewing on our cribs with the lead paint. All right. It's probably going to react with the Wi-Fi. We're all going to be zombies. But what's going to be the, what's going to be the next thing? right there. What's going to be the next thing that, that is that? I mean, Wi-Fi is a good example because we just take that for, for granted now. I think when we get the 6G technology— Wi-Fi will have to step up its game. <laughs> well, yeah, eventually, you know, you'll just get it. Everybody will get internet just from the sky. Yeah, satellites yeah. and everything. And that'll else. be when the aliens come in and take <laughs> over. Are you drunk? No, I'm just having fun. Are you? Are yeah. you having fun? Titanic sails into theaters in 1997. That's a good movie. It is. James Cameron uh, created that, and. Looking back, the technology on that is spoiler alert. Boat sinks. <laughs> uh, the technology on that was just insane for the time. I mean, 1997, we weren't, uh, Netflix wasn't around, right? Yeah, it was around. Was but it? it wasn't, uh, Netflix been around for a long time, but they used to mail you DVDs. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Uh, I used them when I got my DVD player. Well, when I got married, I bought that with our in- interesting story. So check those out. So I got married in 99, my second wife. So Netflix had already been starting. That's when DVDs had started coming out. Yeah. In 99, I bought it. I finally, I was like, all right, I bought it. I remember plugging this thing in and you could just really see the difference in technology um, from VHS. I mean, it was really striking and the sound and just how good it looked. And Netflix still has this program where you can, they'll mail you DVDs. And so they will mail. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah. There's still, no way. Yeah. Look up your <laughs> subscription. No. So, but, but at the time, that's what you did. And it was so awesome. So, so groundbreaking. Instead of going to the store and renting a DVD, you would set this up. You'd set up your queue on the computer and say, I want, I don't like, I watched the seventh seal um, with, Max von Sydow, it's classic, where yeah, he yeah. plays chess with death. It's awesome. Yeah. So at the time, me and me and my wife was like, well, let's uh, we'll rent some weird classics and stuff we've always heard about, and we'll watch it. We'll have movie night, and you get in there and say, okay, I want I want the Seventh Seal, and then I want like Rosemary's Baby, and then when it become available, it would send you the Seventh Seal. You would watch it, keep it for however long you wanted, and then when you were done, you mail it back to them. And when they got it, they would automatically send you Rosemary's Baby. Wow! In the mail, and it was awesome, dude. They'd send you, and it would come in a little, and a little, start out like a little white yeah. square, and then it yeah. become a red Netflix package thing, and it come with a return. It, it's all, and they so still. I wonder if that's where Redbox came from. I don't know if they're connected at all, but that's, huh. uh, you know, that's the whole vending machine type deal. But yeah, they did this for years. So, so I know of it from at least nineteen ninety nine. Well. 
it and they'll still do that to you. I did. I had to do a little fact check in here since I got the when did it start? Got the evil apple. When in did front it of start? Me. Uh, August 29th, ninety seven, Scotts Valley, California. Yeah. So, uh, so if you have uh, just for all you nerds out there, if you if you want to, if you're interested in the stock prices, uh, it closed six cents up Friday. Well, I guess that would be the. Friday the thirteenth, it closed on that that time. Two hundred ninety eight dollars and fifty cents per share. So if you're interested in all that, you can do that. Packard stock's doing good. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's going to be doing real good when we get paid. I can almost retire from it. So check this out. Yeah, Th- this is going to be controversial since we've we've well, gotten off minute. subject. Hold on to that YouTube two thousand five. Wow, I didn't know it was that late. I thought it was like two thousand one. Anyway, go ahead. Uh. Are you caught up on the Mandalorian? I am. God, it's terrible. It is. It's going downhill. Is that last episode was so bad that I almost may not watch anymore? But I know a new one's coming out Wednesday. Yeah, I'll probably. But it was just so. It was so painfully. The script was terrible. It had yeah. two of my favorite actors, and it had Mark Boone Jr. in it. Yeah, um, from Sons of Anarchy and yep, some yep. other movies. It yep. Had uh, Clancy Brown, yep. who I knew I recognized him, yep. but I didn't realize till the end who it was. Yep, and. I may not given anything away, but uh, uh, the just the the acting was absolutely yes. terrible. Yeah. I blame, and, which I blame on the terrible directing, right? And the awful script. Yep. And it was just, I'm glad somebody agrees with me. It was just terrible. Yeah, it I was love, hard to I watch. I want to love that show so bad because I'm just a nerd with with right. Star Wars. I mean, for crying out loud, I just I finished know. the painting. Just finished it, you know, and. I'm going to spray it this weekend. I thought and I, I thought I Pedro still did. Pe- Pedro still played the part good. I think he does a lot yeah. with looks and, yeah. and different. You know, for being under a helmet the entire time, he does a very yeah. good job of emoting. And I think that's difficult yeah. to do. But the uh, the Yoda like creatures carrying that show right now. Oh yeah, I mean really without it out. So it, it's so bad when he landed on Tatooine in the other episode, a couple episodes back, episode four maybe. Yeah. Um, I knew it was just in a trouble. new hope episode four. No, <laughs> no, it was just in trouble. Why? What was the problem? I with just that one? felt I was like, why are we introducing this mechanic? No, no offense to the the woman who played the part, but it was so out of character for the show. You know? Yeah, I get you. it. Didn't bother me so bad. I I think it's a, I think it's a I think it's been a, a good to decent show up this point. I think the hype just kind of. Bothers me. Everybody just acts like it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, and I'm not picking on the crew at all because I I got I got to be honest here. As far as um, special effects, it's incredible. In terms of videography, it's very good. Uh, the DP is doing a fantastic job of getting the 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 scenes just nailed. Right. But especially I'm for with, for a television series. Exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on the. I hate to pick on the actors, but I think the acting is just so weak, right? And I, but I blame the script and the and the director for that because there's things. Yeah, yeah. I you saw. Can, yeah, I saw. If I'm not mistaken, I saw Mark Boone Jr. stuttered one of his lines, and it was like, how did the director not be like, all right, let's do that again? It just right. looked, it looked fake right at the beginning of that. Yes. Of, the, of that scene, and I thought, did I? Did that just happen? It's like it don't. Yeah. It was so unnatural. In this day and age of streaming TV shows like we are, what's your favorite right now? C, without a doubt. Really? Yeah. C is a, C, I think it's the best show that's been on television in the in the past uh 
in the past 10 years. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There, there's your answer on that. It's, it's incredible. Really? Yeah. Just good concept. Uh, uh, good acting, I think. Uh, yeah. Good, good direction. Yeah. Um, it's different. It does. It does kind of. I haven't seen this before, and I've watched. Yeah. I've watched a lot of movies, yeah. watched a lot of shows, but. And uh, what's it's, funny is yeah. I actually just started rewatching Black Sails. That's one of my favorite shows yeah, of I all time. Started that. It's on Hulu. I didn't realize that. Oh, I didn't. It's know a either. star show, and uh, they've they're re-airing it on on uh, Hulu, and it's just it's really good. I think. Did they have a new episode of C Friday? No, it's over. There was ten episodes. That was the last one we yeah. watched. Okay. Yeah. Now it's on season two. Okay, that explains it. Because I was getting really uptight, I couldn't find what I was looking for, and it was pissing me off a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I I can't think of another show. I really liked uh, Older Carbon on Netflix. I thought that was really good and yeah. inventive and and new. But um, well, back back to the last lunar mission. In 1972, have you watched the show on uh, Apple TV no. called uh, For All Mankind? No, I have not. It's good. I think you'd like it. It's got a very man in high castle kind of feel to it because things are just not – It's it, there's an altered history there. Really? Yeah. I might have to check it out. Uh, Ted Kennedy was president. <laughs> so, really? Was he yeah. drunk? Probably. I, I, I can't fault a man for that. He wasn't drinking this delicious coffee. <laughs> Cafe. <laughs> this is good. Where do you think we'll be at in 10 years? Me and you. I'll probably be dead. Honestly. I, I don't. I'm 47 now. And I, 57 is going to be a blessing if I see it. That's, that's kind of going to get back in the plan. I don't know. I, I would like to have a drum set, but I really enjoy renting. In fact, a lot of it. And to bring this into the the creative realm, I really like the idea of the limitation of knowing that I can't just build the house that I want or cut a hole in the ceiling to get the right kind of light. I have to come up with ways that are creative to do things. Like right. um, I know people can't see this, but when I flip my aperture oh, yeah. light on, that's my north light coming into my studio. Right. It's just really kind of creepy. Um, I think there's an art in that inside of that kind of thing. It's just like with your home studio. Yeah, limitations. I'm are doing different great. I'm doing different things and figuring out how to get the sounds I want without a twenty thousand dollar board and a yeah, yeah. and a, a million dollar room. Yeah. That's part of the that's part of it. Well I interesting you mention that because uh I have a budget for next year on capital investments. And what I call capital investments are my like buying a camera, buying a new recorder, microphones, whatever. And um, yeah, I know I bought the GH5 early, but I bought it on 90 days, same as cash, because I'm going to pay it off in January. But I had to have it because I didn't want to lose that $700 rebate. That's how they get you. It is. But I, I'm looking at, I'm, I, I really would love to have a digital kit. I mean, I can't put it in this room. It's just too small. I can't can't have everything I do in this room. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's it is small. It's 144 square feet. I don't know what square meters is for that, but uh, if you could do the conversion on your own, five, probably. Uh, I got to wa- I got I went down a rabbit hole last night on YouTube, and uh, Leo Maracchioli, I think is how you say his last name. I could be wrong on that. Uh, I think it's DiCaprio. 
He's he's actually Norwegian. Oh, so I know you look at it and go, Moracchioli is not. <laughs> but his dad's Italian. His mom is is uh, Norwegian. Magalriti. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll, you probably know him as the guy from Frog Leap Studios. You know, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for this if he ever hears the show. But it's like you always you know hear Frog Leap Studios at the beginning of his shows. And it's just so cool. Have you ever heard him? I, I would love to be able to play it for the show, and I can't. Right. Because somebody's going to come down on me for it. It's his music. But we will listen to it after the show because you got to hear it. My favorite one of his has been viewed like 39 million times. I'm not joking here. It's 39 million times it's been viewed on YouTube. And the dude is, he's, you know, the way I see it, he wakes up in the morning, doesn't even bother with a shower, just wanting to hurry up and get in his studio. He runs out to his studio there in Norway <laughs> where he's at, and he just makes music I all day. I think I know who you're talking about now. You yeah, know, I have seen his videos. Oh, that's great. He did one uh, called, uh, he redid redid the Africa song. Yes. Uh, it is so good. That's the one that's got 39 million yeah, views. Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, it's yeah, real heavy. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I just want to break yep. shit when I hear it. It's yep. like, Ugh. You know, and he plays all the stuff, and he's yeah, got all yeah, the videos yeah, yeah. and him doing the different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he dresses about. up as a yeah. as a bunny sometimes. Yeah, he's great, um, but I, I think that's what technology. And I, I don't know where I was going with this, but I think that's where technology is leading us. You get these creative, all, all uber creative people who just have a place to create. They go in their studio, they make stuff all day, and they have so many outlets to share it. You know, you got Twitter, you got Facebook, you got. Uh, YouTube, Netflix. Well, Netflix not not on air, but um, you get what I'm saying. Will it? You think we'll we'll have uh, cable access versions of Netflix shows coming up where you I don't can know. do your own content? Honestly, places like Netflix are poised to kill YouTube. I guess you could say it that way. YouTube is really pissing off a lot of people lately because of the you know the the different things that they have to do to protect themselves. Right, actually kind of hurts the creator a little bit. Uh, it's almost like their lawyers don't want to fight for the creator. They want to fight for the fact that these things can happen. And I, I get why they do that. I mean, it's, they're protecting themselves, protecting their business. They've got shareholders, you know, the whole thing. It's not as cool as what it used to be. I don't think. No, it, I, no, it's not. Um, and now you can't get monetized if you say certain things. And it's like, right. What's right. Point? Yeah. And that whole, that whole thing, uh, with MG Flash, uh, oh, yeah. that that really that put a bad taste in my mouth with YouTube because we made an agreement for me to use the right. music, and we had it all handled. But a third party who's involved in collecting money on your behalf was uptight that I was using the music on YouTube, so they put a copyright claim on the music, and I had to actually get rid of the videos. Right. And it it killed my algorithm uh, process. I mean, it's like I went from doing really good to it's really hard for me to grow on YouTube. Um, Just like anything in the world, it seems like they, they knee-jerk react and, you know, supposedly to protect the artists. But yeah, yeah. And I don't want to cut on CD Baby either because they're doing what they should be doing for right. their artists. And the problem was CD Baby and I couldn't come to an agreement because YouTube wouldn't play the game. And that's all it was. It right. was like you, CD Baby was okay with it. They were like, well, the only thing we can do, though, because of the way YouTube does their stuff, we can't split the money. We would have to if – if you continue to monetize these videos, you're going to have to give us the money, not you. 
And I was like, I don't want to do that. And then uh, Ryan uh, from MG Flash said, well, we just won't monetize CD Baby and you'll be fine. I'm like, I I don't want to do that. That's just not, it's your music. So I don't know. I just took them down. So I hindsight being what it is, I probably should have just unlisted them and left them there. But I deleted them completely. And I think that hurt me a little bit, but who cares? Uh, I... As an artist, I think for me personally, I'd rather have a small audience than a big audience and be famous. I'd rather have a small audience that actually likes what I do. Yeah, I'd rather get paid, but that's just me. I want to get paid, son. Yeah, I want to get paid. That's I don't care. Don't get confused on that. I don't even care if they really (laughs) like me. I hope they get on there and they hate me. But as long as I'm getting, as long as I'm getting views. Anyway, I know where I was going with this. Let's hear it. When I brought up Leo. Maracchioli. <laughs> like Margariti. Maracchioli. Uh, I know he'll never listen to this. You don't but, know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll tag him in it. I kept watching that stuff, and I was like, man, I want, I want to play music so bad. And I went down this rabbit hole mainly because my son came home from work. We were talking about music and, and things. He wants to – he'd like to learn how to play guitar. And he's got a guitar in his room. And he thinks he can play left-handed better than right-handed. So he's trying to figure out, can I restring it? And I'm like, yeah, you can do that. You know, and I don't want him doing it because I don't want the neck to be all torn up and all that. But yeah, uh, changing that. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, but we, we started, I was like, hey, I want to I want to get this thing um, by Roland. I think it might be good for me. And it's actually not the V-drum set. It's their their little pad I can't think of the name of this particular pad, mm-hmm. but um, Randall. we were, there is a little chihuahua in yeah. my my driveway. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't either. That's, uh, there's two now. Now there's a black one. Oh, you're kidding no. me. And now they've just went over this way. Somebody's probably dumped their dogs off on my property. I can't have any more dogs. My landlord won't want to have it. <laughs> ah, all right. I see, I've seen Bonham use that pad you're talking that's, about. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, we turned on... Uh, you probably saw the same video. He was with, uh, shoot, help me here, Red Rocker. Yeah. Um, uh, Sammy Hagar. Yeah. On Stern. Yes. That's exactly Excellent. what we yeah. wanted. So we turned over that and I was like, oh, look. He's been using that for years. So he's been, he was using that. He hurt his hand. Oh, okay. Um, back in the, in the mid nineties. Yeah. And, uh, um, he was using some of the same technology actually that, um, um, from Def Leppard. Yeah. Uh, Rick Allen yeah. was using, he was showing how you could play different things using this pad and using drum machine technology. And I think that's actually how he got into it. And he was, he still uses it for small, small, and he just, I mean, so here, here's a guy using yeah. what looks looks like a kid's toy to, yeah. to the layman <laughs> yeah. and just killing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like, a, for those listening, um, it looks like a TV tray or some little table top. You know, it's yeah. not much bigger than... What do you think? Sixteen by twenty, maybe. Yeah. If it's that got may. like six, six or nine squares in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's got six on the flat, and then it's got three on the edge at the top. And it's got a pedal. Yeah, that you just kind of yeah, plug your, into it. Your pedals can can your hi hat pedal controller and your kick pedal controller can actually plug into it, and all. That. And they're actually good for when you do get a V drum set. You can add them as extra triggers. Yeah. To do other things, but I thought, well, if I had that, it'd be small enough to kick around, you know, take places. Um. I even kind of jerked the idea around about 
for this podcast, you bring in your bass, me having a kit like that, and we do the uh, the intro music that my friend Adil created, we metalize it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of do a, a, a Leo Maracchioli. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, Frog Leap Studios. I know I'm. I'm. Uh, I keep mentioning Leo, but if you haven't heard anything from him, it's it's fantastic. He's just such a creative guy. Uh, go to YouTube, uh, Frog Leap Studios, and check him out. But I think that's where that's where creativity is leading us these days. I think it's just technology is bringing us all these toys, and creatives are just. We finally reached a point in our lives where. Everyday life can just be touched creatively. Right. You know, and there are no limitations at all. You can put everything out there. And I, that's the next 10 years, the next decade, I think we're going to see even more of that. We're going to see what the children who've grown up with this, we're going to see what they're creating because they're, right. maybe they're not going to grow out of being a child because they've had this stuff in their hands their entire life. Whereas you and me, our generation, creativity is pretty much beaten out of us by the time we were seniors in high school. It's right. like, oh, you can't do that. Nobody makes any money doing that. You know, and here we are, uh, not making any money on a podcast. But <laughs> No, but <laughs> no. I, feel, I, feel I don't like, want to sound like that. It's not terrible. That's, that's how long it is. Go ahead. Do you think you've, uh, so in the next 10 years, do you think you'll create your masterpiece? You think if, if we're doing a podcast in 10 oh, years and we look not. back at the last 10 years, you'll be able to say, look, look, this is. I've no, reached my pinnacle. No, I, you know, I joked about, you know, I'll be dead and all that, but I, I really, I, wow, that's a tough one. I, uh, I don't know that I want to create my masterpiece. I think I always want to be striving for it because if I create it and I feel good about it, I might be done. You know, it's kind of how photography worked for me. Right. I really wanted to, as a photojournalist type photographer, I really wanted to do these shows. I wanted to get out there and certain bands I wanted to photograph. And I did it. And then I was done. It just wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't fun anymore. It's just, there was other things I wanted to do. Right. I think the struggle is what keeps me alive. I think it's the whole, this isn't going to work, so I'm going to do it anyway. You know, who cares? <laughs> just make it. Um, I, I have a lot to learn as a oil painter. Um, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on how to do things. It's just a matter of how I'm going to express it. And I still have a lot of trouble with things like, um, do I paint this for me or do I paint this for my customer? Right. You know, and or an audience or whatever. It's like the the Mandalorian painting. It's it's a really good example of that. If if I do a bunch of still life paintings that are traditional, it's safe. It's what I know sells. It's what I know is good. What I can do when I do something like the Mandalorian, it's like, and I've got to keep it the same price because the same size, all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm really anal about that, but I don't think it'll sell. I know you got that one Star Wars fan out there who goes, I got to have that. And they'll probably buy it. But I don't know that guy. All my clients, all my customers, they buy this other stuff. Right. So 
Make a long story short, I really want to do music paintings. I want to bring my music back into my life and say, all right, so let's go back and look at all these paintings or all these photos I made over the years of this band, that band, and these people and these icons, whatever. Use those photos, make a really good painting that not only looks like my work, but has energy in it. Right. You know, that's, there's, for me as a creative, I think I, and I'm going to be harsh on myself for a second. I think I lack charisma. I want to really get that energy. This, this ball of fire that's in me isn't coming out because it's like I'm reserved. I don't want to share it. I don't want to, I do want to share it, but I, I don't know how. I'm, it's almost like I'm filtering myself. Right. And I just need to let it go. I don't know. That's so for the next 10 years, that's my goal. And that's a lot of the podcast is that I know people listening to this. There, there's people who hate the show. I got that. There's people who don't understand why we ramble about things, but I'm here to tell you if you're doing something creative, like, like painting and you're listening to the show, why you paint, I think this is a good show because we're not really getting in your head so much that you stop painting to think about what we're talking about but we bring up things that make you think. Right. And, and I think that's, for me, that's the benefit of the show. That's the value of this show. We're just throwing things at you. And I don't, I don't know. There's shows like that for me, but I, there's other shows I have to actually listen to and try to ponder what they're saying. Right. And I don't, I don't know. Where are you going to be in 10 years? Hard to say. Hopefully writing some more music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like the well's dry. Sometimes I feel like I've I've written written my best stuff already lyrically, and uh, you know you just don't know. You just never know when. I feel like sometimes it's it's over, and you don't know when it's over. And it's yeah. nerve wracking. I'm still writing pretty good music, but sometimes as a lyricist, it's it's just. I don't think it's over. You just never know, though, is the thing. So listening to some of your tracks when we were going to Cleveland. I think you're Cleveland. I think you're in transition, personally. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I do yeah. have a picture of you. Oh, I got. Yeah. I got to show you because I want to hear the reaction. On. Is it a tastefully done nude? <laughs> There's no bare rug. <laughs> I want. I want you to recreate that Burt Reynolds uh, thing with me doing. No, it. Let's do this. No. Come on. I'm Mike. not doing that. Come on. So we'll do it on a leopard rug. Uh, <laughs> so for people listening, um, 10 years ago, wait a minute, where are we at here? So almost in nine and a half years, I should say, nine and a half years ago, I went down to a little place called the Swanky Goat and took some pictures of a band called Grimstone, which oh, yeah. was your band. Let's see this. So uh, there okay. you are with I, full head of hair. Check oh, that I'm out. blonde. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Am I blonde in that one? No. Yeah, that's a good picture. Yeah. It's right before I went blonde. Of course, it's a good picture. <laughs> <laughs> did you take that on the iPhone? Well, I did. I was a. Uh, that was a weird, weird gig because their stage was like four feet by four feet. Yeah, time. that's being generous. Yeah, and uh, the doorway, the entrance to the bar, was right there at the stage. And uh, a guy by the name of Tackett, I learned learned about that guy that day. Old Jesse, Jesse he, Tackett. He bought me. Uh, some alcohol, maybe? Some alcohol. And I learned that the bartender, uh, Mary, 
she was willing to give me an entire pitcher to drink out of. So she just started pouring me pitchers of Guinness and I would, I was shooting with one hand and drinking Guinness out of a pitcher in another. So it was a good time. Good time. My ancestors would have been proud. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Uh, I think we're going to sign off here and I want everybody to just think for a moment where you were 10 years ago, creatively and where you want to be in 10 years creatively and start looking at that and, and realizing that, here we are. We're about to make a a change in in time. You know, we're next year's and another year. Every day is another day. Uh, you don't have to live in your past. That's not where I'm going with this. But look at what you could possibly do with all the things that you have available. You know, you can start a YouTube channel. You can start a blog. You can start a band. You know, all these things. Start painting. Um, are you write doing? A book. Are you doing things to? To get you to where you want to be in 10 years. Exactly. Are you taking those steps? Exactly. Did did you take those steps to get where you wanted to be 10 years ago? Yeah. Are you there? I wish I took more steps. Yeah. I I wish you'd have brought this up earlier because there's so much regret that I have creatively over the last 10 years. Now, folks who know us know my wife had a stroke in 2008. So the last decade for us has been uh, medically very difficult uh, for her more than me, obviously, but... Um, a lot of things changed. Our original plans were for me to go be an artist and she goes to work as a nurse. She was already a nurse, but she would be working as a nurse. Our insurance would come from that. I would just be doing creative stuff all the time. She'd be taking care of, she'd be my sugar, sugar mama, so to speak, you know? So I don't know. But regret's good though. Regret is good. Because that lets you you know here for the next 10 years. Okay. These are the steps I didn't do. I wish yes. I'd done ten years ago. Let's Absolutely. do them this time. So yeah, they're they're not quite a, fa- a regret. Really, isn't a failure, but you can look at your past and go, "What could I've done better?" And you exactly. improve. You know. So yeah, thanks for listening. I'm glad you guys are here. This has been a good episode. I think. Uh, hopefully, if you liked it, run out there and uh, give us a few comments. If you're not on Discord, uh, I'd love to have you. Join Discord and join me on Mike's Lounge. Uh, If you're interested in that, I'll put a link in the show notes on how to get there. It's an invite to become part of the uh, the Discord server called Mike's Lounge. And uh, hopefully next year, we'll start including some of the uh, live broadcast of this show on the lounge for patrons even, and, and possibly everybody. I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but a lot planned there. I've got a lot going on over the next couple of months pretty excited about things i do want to start doing video of these shows more and now we have two cameras that actually have no recording limits i may do that very soon but again thank you for listening and i'm glad you are here cheers to you all cheers to the end of the decade yes end of the year very happy um no matter what struggles you might be going through whatever successes you've had Next year is another year. 2020 could be your year. It could be your year. So go make shit. Paul, good to have you. Great to be had. See ya.